Hey, welcome to Finding the Path to Your Purpose, The Entrepreneur's Journey. My name is Caitlin Young and I'm your host. I will be bringing on guests each week to talk to you about their journey to their purpose and how being an entrepreneur that works and uh, you know how they work through their struggles. I'm really excited to bring this to you guys, so stay tuned. Welcome to Finding the Path to Your Purpose. My name is Caitlin Young. I'm your host. I'm really excited about this guest we have. He has been someone who has gone on the journey, has found his passion and his way to help others, and has a really impactful purpose uh, that has really been able to change people's lives and really um, impact them on a large scale. Um, I'm really excited to have the one and only Matt Sneast on here. Thank you so much for coming on, Max. Thanks for having me, Caitlin. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me, actually. So I feel honored. For sure. (laughs) I'm really excited to have you on here. There's, um, when I think about passion and purpose and, you know, the journey that you've been on and uh, the way you help people, it was a no brainer. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do, Max, uh, who you are. Tell us a little bit of your background. So my, my passion, my nine to five, I've been a substance abuse counselor going on 15 years this year. Um, and it was something that kind of wanted to get into, but then was told no wait, Right. So I've been doing that for 15 years. I've been sober, clean and sober for 19 years, uh, 20 years this year, September. Holy moly, Caitlin. Um, and Right. So I say that the nine to five is my passion, right? Because I've always loved, I've never had a, well, I've had bad moments, but never had really bad days where I said, I'm going to quit. I can't stand this. Right. Like I just love helping people get sober and watching the lights come on. If you know what I mean, it doesn't happen. Unfortunately, in my field, it doesn't happen as much as I would like. But when that does, right, that payment, when you see someone, the lights come on and they're like, they're so grateful for you like taking the time to help them or, you know, taking them through this process, what we call recovery. Um, yeah. So that's, it's an amazing feeling, <clears throat> but my purpose to live in purpose on purpose, as you know, as someone teaches us, right. Mm-hmm. I found a calling about three years ago, three years ago when I joined Apex and it was to right. Help CEOs, high performers, executives, not lose what they uh, work so hard to build, right? So whether it's substance abuse, whether it's PTSD, whether it's, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, I, I call it recovery coaching, right? Or slash counseling, but I help them, you know, get back on track by giving them maybe some new tools that they can learn to, you know, put the drink down or the drugs, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I picked a hard one because, right, not not all high performers are going to like post on Facebook. Hey, I need help because I'm about to lose everything. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely been a passion of mine and I've, I've had the opportunity to help a few people so far and it's, it's taken off. Um, and it's, I know it is, it's not, I mean, I do the work, but it's taken off because I know it's a purpose and it's a calling bigger than me and I will never give up. And I just, I just love doing that. I just, I love watching people, get restored if you know what I mean yeah yeah seeing people um get into their own purpose right get into their own um lane that they were made for and being able to 
give the wheels back. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Or help them or, or help them get back to the purpose they started off with, right? They just lost sight of it. They just, you know, got derailed, as you want to say, right? And are looking to get back into their purpose. So uh, I love helping people do that. For sure, for sure. So what was it that got you to realize that purpose? Like, what was it that, you know, was like, wow, this is my purpose? Well, like I said, I've, I've been in, so my purpose has changed, right? So my, my, what I just told you, like what I do for my nine to five, right? It's still part of my purpose, right? Because for me, it doesn't matter if, if you're, how do I put it? Um, park bench or park place, right? If you want help, I'm going to put, make sure my hand's there to help you. Right. So, um, so it, it took, oh, how do I put this Caitlin? Like it's, there's so much I could tell you about, right? But I had to go through the muck myself, right? And after going through that muck, right? In my active addiction where, um, and I'll give you, you know, cause we could be here all day if I gave you every little story, but um, I'll just touch on the highlights, right? So when I got into my active addiction, right? My marriage was crumbling, right? <clears throat> just everything, right? I couldn't, I couldn't speak the truth even if you had a gun to my head, right? And I would lie over the silliest thing, right? Yeah. Like I could have a beer in my hand and say, is that your beer? And I'll be like, nope, I don't know whose it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's not mine, I swear to God. So we just ran by, put it in my hand and, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, you know, getting, uh, you know, drinking heavily, right? After my divorce, um, what happened was it didn't work anymore. Um, I kept doing it. Right. And then I found other things. So I started doing methamphetamine, which to me was like, that was the, the cure all for not having to feel anything. Right. So along with my drinking, and then I found the needle, right. And I became an intravenous drug user. And it was just like, but see, here's the sad thing, Caitlin, to let you know, right. Like that, that helps for a minute. Right. But you got to wake up sooner or later, right? And then all that guilt, shame, remorse kicks back in even tenfold than the last time. And then it, that's when it becomes addiction becomes, um, what do you want to call? Um, that's when addiction takes a hold of you and you no longer have a choice, right? Yeah. Right? There's some people, I mean, there's... It, there's some people that could drink for years and all of a sudden they say, I'm going to put it down. I'm done and never drink again. Right. Or experiment with drugs and go, I didn't like that, but I'm done. Right. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I was quite the opposite. Right. If anything that changed my head and the way I felt, I was like, I'm in, like, give me more. Like I was like, you know, I was like the cookie monster, right. You couldn't give me enough cookies. I would just keep these like, yeah, that was it. Right. And, um, so that was the path that happened, right? So I, I went from, uh, I have to say it, like the white picket fence, married, three children, right? Uh, worked for Xerox for, you know, I was a suit and tie, briefcase type of guy um, for eight years. And then when I went through my divorce, I actually went from that to the streets in about a year. Wow. Right? So my path to finding my purpose came at some expenses, right? The expense of my kids, um, my drinking and drugging became more important than anybody on this earth, right? And even if my children were in the same neighborhood, right? Um, 
I wouldn't see him, right? So there was a period of my addiction for nine years at the height and the most intense or whatever you want at the peak where I didn't see my kids for nine years. And here's, and I'll go back and I'll tell you why. So they, um, I went through my divorce. My ex had taken my kids out of state, right? And it crushed me. So then about nine months later, she says, I'm coming back to Orange County. The kids really want to see you see. But by then that nine months I had, like I said, I had graduated not only from just drinking every day, but it was starting to do right. I was doing methamphetamine intravenously. And so I borrowed a friend's car one day and I said, hey, can I use your car? My kids are coming. I want to go see them. I really don't want to miss it. She said, sure, go ahead, borrow it. I don't care. So she let me borrow her car. I parked it out front the night before of my ex's house because I didn't want to miss the meeting. And here's what happened, right? So there's a knock at my window. It's summertime, right? So you got to imagine I had the windows rolled up. I had the seat back. She knocks on the window of the car. And um, I put the seat up and I look over and you got it. So you got to see, like, I'm in a tank top, right? I'm sweating. I had been up for probably days before this, this meeting, right? So I probably didn't look so great, you know what I mean? And I can remember just my ex with the, our three kids just looking at me and shaking her head, right? And I'm just like, and it was at that moment, right? She says, you know, I don't care when she was married, uh, you're going to spend the night and spend some time with the kids, that's sure. So I ended up spending the night hanging out with the kids that night. Uh, and that would be the last time I would see them for nine years, right? And that's where the drugs and alcohol took me to to stuff like that. I mean, it, it didn't matter that I had children. It didn't matter that I had a mom and family and, right? It was, I couldn't do enough drugs and alcohol to kill the pain. So back to, so that led me to all kinds of different stuff, right? Like going to jail, Um as I call it, I was I was becoming a regular attendee at the Gray Bar Motel, right? They kept the light on for me, and um, you know my charges so steadily were going, getting higher, right? Until ultimately I got a felony, um, and the judge I had the same judge through this whole time, right? From when I got like the least amount of punishment to like you know what? Have you ever heard of drug court? So you kind of yeah. have. Yeah, right. So back then it was called Prop 36. It was similar. Same thing, right? You do it for a year, 18 months, maybe two years, depending if you did it successfully, right? Well, they gave me that Prop 36 and I had gone on the run. So I never even did that, right? And I remember, so I'm sitting in the jail again. And, um, right, so you got to imagine I have a mom, right, who she has two sons, right? And this is how it would go, right? So one would either be home, one on the streets, while one was in prison or in jail. And then we'd get out, we'd switch. One, the other one would be home, the other one would be locked up. And, oh my gosh. you know, we put that poor lady through through hell, right? But, um, and so anyway, I get, I, I'm, this is, I'm leading into what goes into my passion, right? So I've, I've gone through all this stuff, right? I, I've done things I swore I would never do, right? Like, I would end up at those sleazy motels, right? Partying with people I swore I would never party with, right? All that stuff. So you just, in your head, just think about if there's anything you said you wouldn't do, I did it. Because once you get to that point, you don't care, right? Um, and what I learned was that I was committing suicide on the installment plan, right? Because every time I stuck a drink or a drug in my system, it's because I wanted to die, but I was too chicken to do it, right? So I get it. I'm, I'm in jail the last time, right? 
and, and here's the stuff that leads up to me finding my passion. And so I'm about two weeks in and my mom comes to visit. And uh, she's sitting across the glass for me. She picks up the phone. And before I could say a word, she says, I love you, son, but you're no longer welcome at my home. If you come near my home, I will call the police. And if my neighbors see you, they're going to call the police. What are you going to do? Right. And for the first time in my life, right, in all the nine years at the height of my um, using and, and drinking, I finally came up with the best answer possible. And it was, I don't know. Right. Because I would give her those empty promises. Like, I promise I'll find the kids. Right. I'll get a job. I'll, I'll go back to school. Right. I'll be the son you always wanted me to be. And then as soon as I get out of jail, I'll do my, you know, same thing all over again and then disappear. Bye. So she starts crying and I'm like, what are you crying for? I go, I got to go back to a cell. You get to go home. And she goes like, and that's when she said, she goes, that's the best answer you ever gave me. Right. So I don't know if this is X rated, but I like to make some points, not X rated. I'm sorry. R rated. Right. Cause I, 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 I use some cuss words, right. To get a point across, but this is what happened. Right. I'm sitting in my cell, like, and here are these moments that happened. That was the first one, right. Where I knew, Things got to change, right? So I'm sitting in, in the cell. I'm with my bunkie. I'm on the top. And we're talking back and forth. And I just happened to be in that one poor me mode that day, right? Like everything is about me. It's poor me. I was sitting in pity so bad that day, right? I didn't even, I thought I might've got my butt kicked that day if I really thought about it back then. Because, um, but I'm talking to my bunkie and, and I tell him, you know, because I used to have this picture, Caitlin, uh, back when I was using, right, I still have it. It's somewhere now. But it was a picture of my kids during Christmas sitting on Santa's uh, uh, lap, right? And I hadn't seen my kids, right? But I would take that picture with me everywhere. Anywhere I would stay on someone's couch or even when I was running the street. And then I met this this lady, right, that we all partied with. But she's sober too now. But, dude, hey, let me have that picture and I'll keep it safe for you, right? Because especially if I had this feeling... I. Her name, I forget her name, but I would say, hey, I think um, they're going to get busted. Will you watch this picture? Picture, And she's go, sure. I, those are so cute. I'll, I'll babysit those kids, right? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> babysit the kids for me, right? So I'm telling this guy about that story, and he, I tell him how much I love my kid. I go, I love my kids so much. And then there was a moment of silence, right? And it seemed like, when I think about it now, it seemed like a, a long, but it was just a moment of silence, and he... He pops his head out like from underneath, right? And he looks at me and he goes, hey, homie, if you were, if you loved your kids so much, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and I just went, right? I, I jumped down. He jumps up, right? I'm thinking we're going to fight because he just disrespected me. And I'm, we're literally nose to nose, right? And I'm looking at him and I just saw something in his eyes. And I like, I knew at that instant he was telling me something to help me move along and and I looked at him and I said man you're ab you're absolutely right like what am I doing here if I love my kids I should be with my kids right and he goes amen homie he goes now get out of here and go change your life and I was like like how am I going to do that though right because I had no idea what recovery was I didn't know what AANA right because here's my only experience with NA right was uh, when I signed up for that Prop 36, I didn't even stay for the full intake, right? I told the lady, I go, you're wasting your ink. I go, I'm going to get out my happy ass on my skateboard. I'm going to go get high. So I don't even know why you're doing that. And Caitlin, she literally went, I'll pray for you. Like, like, good luck, right? I'm like, 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, right. And then, so I get sentenced to this place, right. Where there's, um, you know, after that happens, right. I'm thinking like, how, what am I going to do? Right. Like I got, I had no idea what recovery was. Right. And as I go through this process, cause I was sentenced to six months, I was in my last violation. So like, for instance, if I get busted now, say I got in trouble now and went back to jail in Orange County, I have no more time. The only time I sit there is for two weeks and then I go to prison, right? Because I burned out all of my probation like 30, 60, 96 months, right? So my last one was a six-month violation. And if you had good time, bad time, you'd get out in four months. But my judge was like, you're not leaving my jail because you don't do what I say. And every time I let you go, you don't do anything, right? So... He goes, you got two choices, right? I find you a place to go or you go to prison. You're going to get your first state number. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm thinking to myself, right? Like, I don't know what recovery is all about. And um, so he finally, they find a place, right? And it was funny because the place they found for me was not probation approved at the time. But the owner was approved for, for guys getting out of prison. And the judge goes, I'll let you go there, but I'm going to let you go. And if you're, you're going to go for a year and if you mess up one millimeter, you're going to prison. So I ended up going to that place. And did I stay sober through that? And here's where I find that passion, right? So after working my program and, and figuring out, I wasn't really doing anything. I was just trying to make people happy and get them off my back. Right. I relapsed four times in that place, four times. And what happened for me, Caitlin, was that last time, right? It was one use. It was in the house. Um, this is where I kind of think my faith was restored in a power greater than me or God for me. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten high, right? The house manager came by and he said, Max, office now, right? So that meant I was going to have to test. I was going to test positive and I'm going to prison because they were going to have to call my PO, right? Well, the director of the facility who never came on a weekend, let alone a Sunday, right? I just got finished getting dressed. I'm getting ready to walk out the door and I hear a knock at the door. Oh, man, I wanted to open it like, dude, I told you I'm coming. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll face the music, right? But it was her, this lady named Sue. And I'm like, hey, Sue. She's like, hey, Max, how you doing? And I'm like, you know, that brief second where I go, I could lie to her or I could. But I told her, I go, you know what, Sue, I did it again. And this lady gave me that I was standing and she gave me the biggest bear hug. And she goes, go grab a bag, get in your car and leave for three days. Come back, test clean. We'll start over. That's why my sobriety date when I came back on that third day has been 927 of 2003. And I have not had to change that yet or will God willing. Well, God's always willing as long as I'm willing. But see that moment, I realized when my head, the fog released, I go, wow. So God stepped in again, right? Stop, like, why would she show up there if, like, who never showed up on a weekend, right? And she saved my butt. Um, so I get sober, right? That's the last time I relapsed. I'm getting sober. I'm about 30 days sober. My friend who graduated from the place, you know, as part of the group I hang out with, he shows up one day at a meeting, right? And it's, um shows up on his Harley, right? He looks really cool. You know how like the, the Marlboro man made cigarettes look yeah. really cool? Well, he was that like, he made counseling really 
cool, right? And I was with my sponsor, him and some other guys. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want my Harley and I want to look cool like that dude, right? So I asked, I go, where you come from? He goes, oh yeah, I just came from class and uh, getting ready to finish up. I'm going to become a counselor. And I looked at my sponsor, I was 30 days sober. I go, I'm going to be a counselor. And he looked at me and he goes, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> right. But I was so beat up. Caitlin, I knew he had something better planned. I said, okay. He goes, I'll let you know when. And so my path began when I started to do that inner work on myself, right? This is where that passion came from. I started working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm not trying to promote anything here, but it was that work that like, I finally got beat up enough. I was willing to do that deep look at myself work and, and get rid of all the demons. And, and uh, so I did that. Right. And I, I, you know, I worked through the steps. I went through that. You know, some people think it's a horrible four step, but it's not, it was the most freeing thing I ever did. Um, and then when I was done, right. And at this whole time I'm working, right. I'm picking up jobs wherever I can. Um, I finally get a job that right pays me well and, and, and allows me to move out. But I continue that work for two years. Two years goes by and I'm going to meetings twice a day. I'm, I'm helping people however I can, whether it's a ride to a meeting, whether it's sponsoring guys or just wherever I can be helpful, right? And um, I remember I was sitting at my sponsor's office because I had to talk to him about something. And he goes, hey, you still want to um, become a counselor? I was two years sober. I go, oh yeah, yeah, I do, right? So that day our... That following day, I, I enrolled in, in school. Uh, I became a certified counselor. And little did I know that that path, right, would lead me into other things like we know, the personal development, right? Like the 12 steps were the beginning of my personal development, right? And then as I moved along and stayed sober, you know, I figured there's something else to this, right? And then three years ago, well, for me, Actually, 10 years ago, or shoot, now 12 years ago, when I met Chris Whitehead, I knew there was more that I could learn, right? And so then this personal development stuff started popping up, right? But I'm the great procrastinator, right? Hey, yeah, do this. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm out. I got to go do this over here, right? Be a new girlfriend or whatever. Um, and then um, and then I realized three years ago when I joined Apex, I go, I want to do something bigger than what I'm doing now. Like, and I think what I do now is big, right? Cause I, I deal with people sometimes who have been near death, right. And, yeah. and who have lost everything and right. And I'll never stop doing that. But I figured I gotta, I want to get to the people who are too afraid to ask for help because one, you know, they can't really go out in public and do that or two, right. They're afraid they're going to lose everything. And three, right, they have families to take care of, right? So they can't maybe go to treatment and spend 90 days in a treatment facility or whatever it takes, right? And um, I started formulating this in my head, um, right? And, uh, you know, it kind of almost got stalled, right? Because, you know, that Chris talks about one of his best friends, uh, Lonnie, who died of COVID in 2021, well, him and I had started working on that project, right? And we're, we built a website, right? And all that stuff and we're getting it ready. And then he got sick with COVID and then he passed away. And then it was, it was sad because he passed away in March of 2021. 
I got laid off at the end of November of 2020, right? So I went through a double whammy. I got laid off. He passes away. And then my identity got stolen. So I was floating like, what am I going to do, right? Luckily, I have a wife that works. But still, you know what I mean? Like, when you get hit with all three at once, you're like, okay. And I almost gave up, right? When he passed away, I went into a little bit of a depression, right? Just because, and not just because of Lonnie, but because of things that were happening in my life. And and then I realized, I said, you know what? God didn't bring me this far to drop me on my butt. Yep. Right. And then I got back into building your machine and, and doing the things that we got to, to the things that we talk about in our groups, right. And, and, and becoming iconic. And, and I just started putting my head down and, and re inventing myself. Right. And just doing the work, like we're taught, like, right. No matter what we do the work and we just keep going and, Right. Those are the things. But, you know, there's some other things I could talk about that brought me to this passion, too, is right. I lost six years ago my my sister. Eight months later, my brother would commit suicide and lose his battle to addiction. And then six months to the day on Thanksgiving Day, my mom would pass away. Oh, wow. Right. And then that following Monday, I'd put my baby girl into treatment for the first time. Right. And then as recently as three years ago, right, my I lost a granddaughter at a three months and a day old. And then a week later, after she passed, I was on my way back to work. My son at 30 has a massive stroke and almost dies of his almost loses his life because of addiction, his choices and and the stuff he was doing. Right. Realized that. Uh, right. I didn't I didn't think about drinking or using once. Right. Right. The biggest thing that I always did. Right. I realized as I look back on that part of my journey as I always look for someone, whether it was my family, like, OK, how can I help my family get through this? Right? how can I be supportive, even if it was just sitting with my mom on Monday nights and, you know, watching movies with her, spending the night, making sure she was taken care of to right? You know, I was in the emergency room with my stepdaughter when her daughter went into the hospital, right? I watched that little girl get put on life support and life lighted out of a hospital. And like a week later, I went through the same thing with my son. I'm sitting in the room and they, they wheel him in, they put him on life support, right? And I'm thinking to myself, right? And I even had people in the recovery community go, dude, you got every reason to go get high. And I said, no, I don't, right? I have every reason to stick to what I'm doing and helping people still, because the only thing that's going to get me through this is if I continue to help people. Yep. Right. And, you know, I, and I'm not saying that to brag, right. Like, but I had worked my program so hard and for so long and I continue to do that. And then I met people like you and Chris and, and all these other people that have had their challenges and went like, you know what, F you, I'm still going strong. I'm not going to let anything take me off course. Right. I owed it to myself to continue doing the work as we call it. Yeah. Because I know there's people out there, you know, that need my help. And, and fortunately for me, like my business is starting to uh, take off, right? I've got three current private clients, right? It's like I never, I look at it as God has given me so much abundance, right? That I, I, I work in the field. I have my private practice now and it's about to change where I'm going to have some group stuff, right? So people can't afford my one-on-ones. They can join my group stuff and Right. And it's like he's opening up all these doors to help other people. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I got to admit, though, there was times like when I was by myself where I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? Like I, I could I could use. Right. No one's going to know, but I would have known. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Especially like when I found out about my brother, I was in Denver. I was at a Denny's in Denver, Colorado when that happened, right? On my way to Minnesota. So you got to imagine all my recovery back is in California. I don't know anybody except the, my ex-fiance that I was with at the time, right? And I'm sitting in Denver, Colorado, and I get told my brother just hung himself, right? And I was like, like, I'll be honest with you, you and your audience, like I cried like a baby, right? I lost my shit, literally. Um, didn't know what to do. But see, I had built up certain behaviors, like the first person I called actually was my sponsor, right? And he sat with me for two hours on the phone while I couldn't even talk while I was driving. He would just remind me he was there. If he needed to talk, I was there. My poor fiance at the time, right? My ex, she had, she had no clue what to do, right? She She's never saw me like that, right? And um, But I just kept saying prayers in my head. I just... I was like on autopilot at that time, right? And then the, one of the second people I ever called after that was Chris Whitehead, right? But it was funny because, and I don't mean this like funny, but when I called my sponsor, this first time my sponsor ever said this to me, he goes, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you, right? You know, like, well, what do you tell? How do you console, mm-hmm. right? And Chris, and Chris was almost the same way, right? He's like, oh, wow, dude, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Right. But I'm here for you. Right. And that's the kind of people we, you and I hang out with that. Yeah. You might not know, have the words for us, but they're there. Right. Like Chris, if I would have said, Chris, I need you to come to Denver. I need you right now. He would have been on the plane come to get me right. To keep me out of, because I could have easily told my ex who was a normie, if they called whatever, you know, if there is such a thing. Right. I said, why don't you go to the room? We're going to get another night here. I'm going to go get us something to eat, right? But that would have been, that wouldn't have been my plan. My plan would have been to find the closest dive bar and then my radar would have been on, right? Because I would have had all the drinking I could do and then, right, I could spot it, right? Oh, I know, bet you that person knows where I can get drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I stayed close and and I don't know if that all makes sense, but that's the journey that led me to what I call both my passion and my purpose, right? And yeah. And it continues to evolve. Right. I had to go through some of the hardest things ever so that if I'm helping someone who's going through the similar thing, I can say, hey, I've done that. I've been there. Here's yeah. how I can help you get through that. And that's what that's the thing about being a coach or a mentor is you want to find someone that's been there before because they can yeah. actually relate to you. Like if you find like an Insta coach or something that's like has no idea what they're doing, you know, it's like, ah, but like someone that's actually been through the grind of the journey is yep. so much more helpful. And um, I just am so appreciative you came on here and, you know, we're so vulnerable with my audience. Now, Max, if someone was in need of help, how can they contact you? So you could reach me. Um, excuse me. I, I'm on Instagram at uh, MaxNace underscore 2022. You can reach me at Facebook at uh i think it's max.nast i'm on linkedin and then i have a website it's maxnace.org and it'll give you everything you need to know about me uh what i do how i do it and um yeah or through any of my friends who have referred me some of these uh new clients that i've had right and and that's the wonderful part about right i mean i don't celebrate a lot of wins you know and, and you know you see my i because i i'm so in, in the trenches sometimes that I forget to do that. Not that I don't want to, but sometimes I also have to respect the people I'm helping and not, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm still trying yeah. to figure out how to celebrate a win without putting their name there. And then they go, Mac, you're not supposed to do that. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and my reward, like I said, the biggest payoff I get, Caitlin, is when I see the lights go on and they go, oh, yeah, this is a much better life. Like, I want to be sober. I want to stay sober. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling us the story of how you found your purpose and your passion. And guys, make sure you connect with Max, especially if you know you have some kind of addiction or if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, he is definitely a great resource for that. And thank you for coming on, Max. Thank you for having me, Caitlin. Hey, thank you for listening into my podcast. Finding Path to Your Purpose, The Entrepreneur's Journey. I am super excited that you were able to tune in. And if you liked this podcast or if you found any golden nuggets, make sure to share it with your family and friends on social media. And also make sure you go over and give us a review on iTunes or any platform you listen to. It will help us rank better and get us in front of more viewers and get them some value as well. Again, thank you for listening in and go out there and crush it.